So today's guest is Mimi Kirk. She is a raw vegan chef, best-selling author, a mother of four, grandmother of seven, and winner of Sexiest Vegetarian Over 50. Today we're going to sing the gospel of health and wellness. Mimi is here to help spread the word about the fountain of youth and how you can drink the raw food elixir in your own home and kitchen. Thank you for being here, Mimi. Thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> this has been a long time in the making. I've been wanting to sit with you and just chat about health, life, um, how to give people tools to become healthier at home, how to create a healthy family. So I figure we'll just rattle off and go through a wide variety of things and see where the conversation naturally takes itself. Great. Um, I know you've had a wild, wonderful, fun, and interesting life, so let's go way back and talk about how you discovered eating a plant-based diet or plant food. Well, it was probably in my early 30s, 31 or something like that, 32, I had just started to meditate about a year before, and I'm driving. I, I used to stand in for Mary Tyler Moore, and I would go out and pick up lunch for her and bring it back to the studio. And on the way back, I grabbed a piece of the roast beef that I bought, sliced roast beef for myself, and I was eating it. I thought I bit the back of my hand. <laughs> and I looked at my hand, and I had, and then it hit me. I was eating flesh. <laughs> Honestly, I never thought of it before, ever. I was so detached from the way I grew up, the standard American diet, basically. And then here, I realized I got sick to my stomach. That was it. <laughs> I spit out what was in my mouth. And the rest of the day, I was just nauseous thinking about it. And I went home and told my kids that we were going to be vegetarians. <laughs> now, I didn't really know much about vegetarianism or anything. I just heard it. I mean, this is the early 70s, right? mind you. I mean, no, actually, it was, yeah, 69, 70. And... Uh, and they said, okay. I said, because we don't want to eat animals because they get hurt, you know, when we do this. And they said, okay, we're in. You know, I said, if you want to eat when you go out, it's fine. And they were, you know, young, maybe 14, 12, you know, and younger than that, maybe 12. And they were all fine with it. <clears throat> and my son actually had met a friend, an uh, older guy that uh, took him hiking one time or something, uh, who, who was a vegetarian. So he knew about it. He said, oh, that sounds good to me. So there we were. On this path, I, I really think that the meditation brought me to a consciousness of every living thing that mm. I never had before, how right. we're all how everything is connected. And I didn't know about veganism. I didn't realize vegan was another step up, but I, when I did learn that, then I became a vegan. And I did this for the better part of over 40 years now, I guess. And I would go off once in a while for whatever reason human right. being and I would eat a burger and then you know I'd say oh my god so within a couple months later I'd be back again so I always say for the better part of 40 years because I did go off and one time I went off for about three years and of course my that's when the health thing started to happen when mm. I was 69 and then I realized that you know I had to go back on this in order not to be on prescription medication at my age which is now 77 most people are on right. some kind of prescription medication my family's health history is terrible. So that's how it all started. And now I'm a raw vegan, and I love the food. I love the way I eat. I feel unbelievable. And if I would have been more conscious about um, not just eating a vegan diet, but what you eat on a vegan diet, I would have even been younger than I am now. <laughs> so, right. But yeah. anyway, I, I feel that's just such a natural evolution is when you start to change one, the way you were raised eating, and also culturally how we're raised eating um, by society, 
there always is just some kind of natural evolution that happens there where you learn more, you grow more, right. you learn more, you grow more. I mean, even myself, I've um, been a vegetarian my whole life. I've never eaten meat, fish, or eggs, but my family did eat a lot of dairy. Mm-hmm. We ate like the yoga diet because I was born in a yoga ashram. And, uh-huh. um, you know, throughout my own uh, evolution, I had to take it a step further and I discovered, you know, how to eat a completely plant-based diet free of dairy products. And, you know, you can call it vegan. And But I know a lot of people look at the word vegan as some kind of right. negative right. meaning or political views and things like that. Um, and for me... Uh, as a fa- as a family growing up, it was more of like you were saying, meditation got you to a place where you got open to seeing how everything is connected. And I think for me, even in our family, we weren't necessarily vegetarians in the beginning for the global reasons that people are doing it now. You know, like shortage of food and water, pollution and stuff. For us, it was literally spiritual reasons. You know, we believe that every living creature on this earth. Um, has a soul, a jiva atma that gives it life, um, equal to you or I, and you know we believed in reincarnation and um, that we've all had lives as animals before. We've had lives as different creatures, and that we're all on this cycle or wheel of samsara. And you know, yes, eventually we get to be in a human body, but that human body can be either used for progress or regression. You know, you can either move forward or you can use this gift of a human life to do a lot of bad stuff. You know, it's really the balls in our court. Um, so I feel like it's natural for us to, you know, like you were saying, oh, if I ate super raw healthy this whole time, I could have done, I could have been even younger or healthier. But also, <laughs> yeah. it would make the story less interesting right. and less human for everyone else out right. there. Right, right. Well, you know, I always say to everybody when I'm out speaking, it, whatever time, if you're young or if you're older, it's never too late to start changing the way you eat and the way you look at things in life. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it's very interesting when you're talking about animals having a soul because I have some friends who think uh, it's okay to eat animals because they don't have a soul. Right. I'm always so curious about where that thought comes from because it's a living thing. Yeah. And uh, we're more today. There's no excuse not to be educated. There are so many films out that show you exactly how animals are treated and what is going on in the planet with animals of all kinds. There's no excuse for somebody not to wake up and see it. Yeah. It's, it's a, some people say I could never give up meat. And it, it just amazes me to think, like when I felt like I was eating some flesh, that, that I was responsible to have an animal suffer. Yeah. And I think if more people looked at it that way and actually saw those films instead of saying, no, I can't watch, if they saw that, I can't imagine they wouldn't want to eat a plant-based diet. First of all, it's hard for people to switch over, I've noticed, because mm-hmm. they're so used to cooking a certain way. And they don't. it takes time for people, really, to start learning how to make food. And that's why you know I wrote my cookbooks, basically, because I wanted to give people some good recipes that, to show them I'm a foodie. (laughs) I love good food. I want good organic food. I want delicious food. But if it wasn't delicious, I probably wouldn't be eating it. But to me, it's so satisfying, more satisfying than eating the cooked food. And and then when I'm finished, I feel so much better. No, I think it's, you know, I go out speaking because I want people to change their diets. And a lot of people will change their diet because of health. Others change it because they're vain. They want to look a certain way and uh, other people do it for the animals and 
you know, I've, I'm finding people on all levels now who are eating different way or trying to change over different things. It's fantastic what's happened, isn't it? I mean, from it's the early days. It's so fast, it's moving. And every year it gets a little more wild and a little more in depth. And like you were saying, there's so yeah. much stuff out there. You watch a movie like Forks Over Knives yeah. or Cowspiracy, and, and now they're available on Netflix and very mainstream outlets for people to watch right. it and digest it. And, and it's not just about, um, like, you were mentioning it's not just about um, even animal rights. Some people want to know about the environment when you look at it at an environmental, oh, global yeah. level. You know, the meat industry creates more pollution than the trains, planes, automobiles <laughs> combined. And, you know, when people start to realize that, you know, the entire rainforest is disappearing because right. we're clearing all the rainforest for cattle farms mm -hmm. and just the effect we're having on the ocean that in the next 30 years there will be no fish in the sea. And people are always like, that can't be true. And then they look it up and they find out that it's literally true. in 30 years we'll be telling our kids, you know, when I was a kid, there used to be these things called fish, fish. and sharks right. and whales right. in the ocean. Right. And nobody wants that to be a myth. No. Nobody wants that to be no. something that used to happen. But, you know, what's interesting, what, I've, what I'm finding more than that, particularly people over 50, I mean, people are sick. They yeah. turn 50 and they're on medication already. And I'm finding people aren't healthy and they're focused more than the larger picture which we get to like we've been doing this for a long time you and I so we understand the environmental impact and we have children and grandchildren we understand we want to leave this world not in the horrible place but it's the health issue yeah. people are sick sometimes people come to my events they're on a they've got a walker and they're younger than me yeah and you know if you want to live a long healthy life forgetting if you're not if you don't care about anything else, if you're not an environmentalist or, Absolutely. you know, whatever it is, you, if you keep living the way you're living on a normal standard American diet, eating meat, eating processed foods, it will catch up with you. I don't care what you say that you're fine now. You are knocking out your cells and the little telomeres on top of your cells. It allows more disease to happen in your body. You have to know that this will affect you if you're drinking milk and you're not eating organic, all the things that could affect your health will happen at some point. Only a few people escape, escape that. Yeah. It's such a, they say, oh yeah, my grandfather lived 102 and he smoked and he drank and he ate meat. And it's like a teeny percent. Don't trust that you're gonna be part of that teeny percent. If you want to live a long, healthy life, you have to wake up and change your diet because I think the three major things are this. Your diet to me is really important. Exercise, I'm not someone who likes it, but I do it just because I know I need to. Um, some people love it, they wanna do it all day. I don't, I do it because I need to do it. Right. And the other thing I know, I have all kinds of stories how the mind and body are connected. And if you know that, you can keep your cells healthy. They, they say now the biology of belief, um, which I read in a, a book by Bruce Lipton, a biologist, fascinating book that it's our they've agreed now scientific proof says it's our cells that determine our health and how long and well we live not our genes which mm. means we can influence ourselves yeah by the way we eat and by the way we think we can be positive or negative and your cells get that right away stress can destroy cells so if you lose a lot of cells in your body it's more aging more quickly we want to keep them healthy so when they regenerate they actually regenerate instead of degenerating right because they're changing over all the time so for anybody listening out there <laughs> i am telling you 
You know, you go to your doctor and everything he'll tell you when you say you don't feel good, if you're over 50, they say it's age-related and you have to know that it's not going to get better unless you do something about it. Don't take that pill until you check it out and try to do something changing your diet, changing the way you think and exercising. I know thousands of people who've healed themselves this way yeah, from all kinds of diseases, and I know it works. I know it worked for me. I had high pressure and high cholesterol and arthritic, arthritic pains at 69. And once I started eating, really stayed on this plant-based diet, uh, eating a raw plant-based diet, it was gone. Six months later, my doctor said I, I never filled the prescription he gave me. Six months later, I was completely better. I haven't had an arthritic pain since. Yeah. So I know this food works. So no matter what you're after, everybody wants to feel good. <laughs> everybody yeah. wants to wake up feeling good. Absolutely. And I think no matter what your reasons for starting transitioning towards a plant-strong or a plant-based diet, whether it's, I just want to be healthy, I want to save the environment, I'm doing this for spiritual reasons, whatever it is, over time, like anything, you end up cultivating um, a complete reason for why you're doing what you're doing. And it ends up becoming tenfold. You start saying, oh, I eat a plant-based diet because... Yes, I want to be healthy. Yes, because spiritual reasons. Yes, because of global reasons. You end up encompassing all the different elements. Because when I was a kid, I mean, I really wouldn't be able to give you an answer of why I was a vegetarian other than that, oh, you know, my family does it or this, that, or the other thing. But over time, I started to go, oh, this makes me feel better. Oh, this is for spiritual reasons. Then I start to add on all the reasons of why. And it becomes even more powerful and enriching knowing that every time you pick up your fork, you're actually doing something not just for yourself, but for the world and for other living creatures of the world. And um, it starts to become that natural, spiritual, you know, planetary evolution that you're trying to help everything and everyone and yourself at the same time. Um, something else I wanted to ask you is, you know, you're talking about your natural evolution through time of eating a certain way. You started this back before anybody knew anything about veganism, health, there actually probably wasn't even terminologies for half the things that you were doing back then. Um, was it hard? Was there a lot of mistakes and weird things that you had to go through? Like, oh, this was supposed to be healthy, then that's not healthy, then I eat this. Was there a lot of ups and downs? Well, it's interesting. I, I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know what was going to be healthy or not. I bought one book, Adele Davis book on health. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a vegetarian or vegan book, but it was just health. And I was really concerned about my children's health. That was right. a major thing for me. Um, I felt making everything fresh was a big thing. I didn't like packaged food. But then I worked. I was a working single mom, raising my family alone. And so my kids, of course, they ate cheese sandwiches. They still were eating non-vegan food. They were just being vegetarian. Nothing with a face is what we used to say. <laughs> That's how we, we did it. I didn't understand no leather or anything at the time, it, you right. know to come full circle about it. So I really didn't have any guidelines at all, and I really didn't think about any guidelines. For me, it was just nothing with a face. That's all I wanted to do. When I go into a restaurant, some people didn't even know the word vegetarian. Now, no matter where I travel in the world, they know vegan, ah, vegana, you know, wherever yeah. it is, people know vegetarian, vegan. It's on all the menus everywhere you go. No one is, is uh, no one, everyone knows now yeah. what that means, at least. If I go to a sushi bar and I ask for a, a sushi roll, a vegetable roll with no rice, they know it's not even an issue because yeah. this is the way so many people are eating today. And I think we have our major hubs. Los Angeles, of course, <laughs> has 
everywhere you go. There's a juice bar in every corner. And, you know, there's food everywhere. There's vegan restaurants. There's raw restaurants. There's everything. New York, same thing. Really top-notch. And it's filtering now everywhere in the middle of the country. And it's filtering all through Europe. I, I live in Spain part of the year. Huge vegan community there. I met so many vegans and restaurants are starting to serve vegan food and some raw food even. And so I find it everywhere I go that it's easy. Back in the day, uh, I had no comparison to anybody. There was nobody I looked up with. Oh, the other one was uh, Earhart who did a juice book mm. and, uh, and Jack LaLanne was around juicing. <laughs> so it was more the juicing thing I thought was important. And now I realize, and I do tell people today, uh, if it's hard for you to make a change, do what you're doing. Just add a juice every day. Because yeah. when you finish that juice, you're going to feel so good and so energized. Then you're going to go eat your normal lunch, and you're not going to feel as good. You're going to start, <laughs> like you say, you start to notice each thing. And then it all gets connected. You go, oh, maybe I'll have a salad for lunch now. I feel so good after the juice, I'm going to try the salad. And there you are. It starts to happen. But I think that a lot of people don't stay with this once they know they should do it and they try it is because they find it difficult. They don't understand how easy it can be yet. They're busy, they're working, they're moms, they're doing whatever. They don't realize, or they haven't been as someone who cooks their own food. They've been, you know, hey, let's get a pizza out there because it's easy tonight, or let's get some a bucket of chicken or something. Yeah. And they don't want to spend the time to prepare their own food. So I tell people, you have to stop eating processed food. First thing, cut that out. Everything in that package is processed and it's got so much chemicals in it and fortified vitamins store themselves as fat they don't they're not really vitamins that yeah. our body could absorb so we have to stop that first I, i'm alarmed at the markets with all the junk food in there aisles and aisles and aisles of food that is not giving us any nutrients which is destroying ourselves which is destroying the planet all of it together and those of us who've been eating a, a fresh plant-based diet really understand that that food is not good for us. And if that people could stop that, it would make a big difference. I think this is happening though. More and more and more, it's happening. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like when you go into these grocery stores, you realize that 95% of everything in the store is actually not food. Yeah, it's not food. <laughs> it's not food, it's really not. <laughs> it's Franken food, it's like genetically modified Petri dish food that who knows it what is. the hell and how it came about. Right, and I say, you know, like those boxes of cereal, I say you're better off eating the box for roughage than eating what's inside right. because it's like the worst, you know? And, uh, but that's what, that's the life people have. I know I see people start a nice diet, they start to eat. So I just tell people, just start incorporating more plant food. You have to give people a way to get in and not feel pressed. Learn one good vegan recipe, Learn one good raw recipe. Start shifting slowly. And before you know it, that will be your standard dishes. Make a zucchini lasagna, mm. you know, make a chocolate pudding uh, with an avocado and, uh, you know, a little good sweetener. And, you know, there's so many desserts, there's so many things to do, but it's really trying to retrain people to to cook and that's why I think I went into the food part of this health regime because I know that's where people need help in learning how to make good basic raw and vegan foods mm. and I, I have a thing about the difference between vegan and raw I'd like to say because um, cooked food you do lose some of the enzymes they're gone as soon as the food's heated up to 118 to 1518 degrees the enzyme's gone. We need enzymes to digest our food. You could take probiotics, that's good if you eat and cook food, but it, they do, it does need digestion. The other thing too with 
cooked foods for me. For me personally, I can feel it when I eat it. It hangs in my stomach longer. If I'm eating raw, it digests immediately. I feel very different when I'm all raw than when I'm 70% raw or 80% mm. raw. When I'm traveling, I was eating cooked food. So then I go back to all raw, which I'm doing now, all raw, and I feel totally different. I have no food that I ever feel is in my stomach. Mm. It digests so quickly for me. It might not be that way for everybody, but for the people I know, this is what's happening for them. My daughter went raw the same time I did, and uh, and then she got <clears throat> excuse me, and then she got off of it and started eating cooked vegan food, and her weight went back on, and she didn't feel quite as good. She had a lot of arthritic pain, and we went back on eating. I told her, let's do this. That's no eighty percent, no whatever. Let's eat all raw. So we went back on that, and the first week she had no more arthritic pain. She woke up in the mm. morning with nothing. So I know it works for a lot of people. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I do think if you're eating 80% raw, you're good. I, For me, 100 works the best, or 98, because I do use a maple syrup or right. nutritional yeast or a few items. A little that tiny are not, additives. Yeah, little things, that. but basically all raw works best for me. But everybody needs to eat some raw food every day. Uh, they say that we should have uh, 13, about 13 servings of fruits and vegetables daily. Mm. And I do an example of what that looks like to people. And they're, you know, they, they don't eat anywhere near that during a day. It's a lot of food. That's why juicing takes care of a lot of that. If you drink a 16 ounce juice, you've given yourself a lot of those nutrients you'd have for the day. Absolutely, and I, you remind me of a documentary called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Yes, <laughs> it is yes. An, you watch an it's amazing great. evolution it's of great. these two gentlemen that go on these all juice basically cleanses or fasts and they do it for a long period of time and they have these myriad of bad health issues. They have high blood pressure, they have they're suffering from a chronic disease, they all these things and all of it clears up and it's hundreds just, of pound overweight. Yeah. <laughs> they lose so much weight and it's just juicing. They're not even eating food. And you know, it's like you said, most people don't even understand what an enzyme is. An enzyme is like a construction worker for your body. I say this example all the time is you have the lumber, you have the cement, you have the tools, the nails, everything to build a house, but if you don't have the construction workers all you got is a bunch of material. If you have proteins, fats, carbohydrates, and things, but you don't have the enzymes, the construction works to put everything where it needs to go, you got nothing. And um, you know, I think those along the lines yeah. of so much of everything you're saying too about, um, you know, eating raw, very important. And that's one of the reasons people feel so tired when they eat their food. They feel so sleepy. Like you watch some of the earlier documentaries, like Super Size Me. The guy eats a yeah. burger and he falls asleep right. in his car. <laughs> It takes energy to make energy. Yeah. It takes energy to digest, to digest your food. Yeah. And people don't realize if you're eating something that has so little nutrients in it, it takes so much of your own body's energy to process and break it down, you're depleting your energy versus you should eat raw food that takes very little of your own energy to digest it. And it already has enzymes in it because raw food is loaded with enzymes to digest itself. You eat it, all of a sudden, you feel great. It turns into instant fuel, instant energy, and that's really what food is. It's yeah. energy. It's the gas right. tank for the body. And you know, if you're putting poor gas in your body, you know, poor fluids, poor food, poor nutrients in your, it's not, your body's not going to run that well. No. The machine. I, I found for myself if I can turn down some temptations when they're in front of me, I might be <laughs> tempted. We all are. Yeah. If I can turn them down and think and be mindful for just a few minutes and not eat something that's there, oh, well, okay, I'll have that. Uh, all, vegan, even, for me, because not animal stuff. Yeah. It doesn't tempt me. But even some other things, bread, yeah. you know, 
But if I can say no, it gets easier and easier and easier. If I go out to dinner with people, I try to stay focused on the salad section. If I'm just in a normal restaurant, because once I look around, the little juices in the back of the mouth, the salivating <laughs> glands start, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow, I love a good piece of bread, you know? Yeah. But, but once I can say no to it, I get stronger and stronger, and then I don't want it. I don't crave it. Yeah. Like, I, my, my boyfriend eats uh, vegan cooked foods, and I have to taste something sometimes when I'm making something for him. And, uh, you know, and I could say, oh, this is really good, but I know that raw is better for my body. So I cooked that for him, and I now don't feel so, oh, I want it. I've got the trick. I make my food first. I used to just make his food first. Now I make mine first, and it's sitting there waiting for me mm. while I'm making his. And then I really want what I made because I love my raw food. Right. And then I'm not tempted anymore. So right. if you're a person cooking for somebody, whatever, regular food even, and you want to eat healthy, don't make an excuse that you can't do it. You can. Take care of yourself. You'll yeah. be an influence on the rest of your family. Don't worry. Oh, I can't do it because my husband needs cooked. That's fine. You can cook for him and for your children, and you can still eat raw and, and, or vegan, whatever you want to eat. You do need to take care of yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. you yeah. got to take care of yourself. No doctors, no store with food in it or anything. You've got to buy, you've got to look for the best organic food you can buy, and you have to feed yourself properly, and you have to think properly for yourself. I always say no one else can make you happy but yourself, and that's <laughs> the truth. You could be in a relationship, and of course someone adds to your life, but you know what's best for you, and you should make yourself happy. And mm. if you love yourself, you'll take care of yourself and feed yourself good. If you love your family, you can't possibly open up a box of cereal and pour that in a bowl and put milk in it for your kids. It's, it's terrible stuff. Not even, I know people, they don't even buy organic milk. You're giving your kids hormones and steroids. and That's why there's this obesity problem with children. They're eating this terrible fast foods. And we see this happening. So I say if you love yourself and you love your family, you should look at eating healthier. Absolutely. And I think when you start families and children off, and people off younger, um, you know, I have a seven-year-old son and, you know, I made sure his, some of his first foods were like avocado, you know, having him drink green drinks. Because exactly. before he actually knows what's really going on, you know, I start having him taste things that, you know, most adults would turn their eye at and be like, <laughs> that's disgusting. But I remember his first uh, juices and stuff were like kale juices with spinach, a tiny bit of apple and things. And I remember when he was about three years old, I went to a juice bar and I ordered my juice and I looked at him like, what do you want? And he looked at the people at the counter and he said, I like a green, he said, green drink with apple and no ginger. <laughs> and because ginger, that was spicy, but he already knew what he liked. He wanted, oh. a, he wanted a green drink with apple and no ginger and they couldn't believe it. This is a little three-year-old just oh. ordered a full-on green drink. Wow. So, you know, it's like you said, the more you say no to things, it changes. The only reason we have attachment for things is because we were using them and tasting them and eating them for so many years. But if you start off young and you create a different taste for food, a different habit, you know, it's easier to not have attachments toward junk food and right. things like that. So these, right. your kid will grow up to an adult being, wow, I love kale. I love organic this. I love right. apples. I love quinoa. I love all these different give me foods my vegetables. out there. Yeah, give me it all. And <laughs> Um, they won't turn their eye at it. You know, it's what you introduce your children yeah. to in the beginning. Like yeah. people are like, your first food is a Cheerio or a Frosted Flake. 
you're forming that instant habit right away because sugar is addicting and so many other additives are addicting and it just draws your children in so then they grow up enjoying this. All they want is happy meals. All they want is junk food. And so it sets the tone early on. Well, that solution they give a newborn baby in the hospital, it's sugar. It's sugar water. The first time I saw them do that to my grandchild, I was pounding on the window. They were in there feeding her in this, I don't know, she was just born, just born. Yeah. So I went to see her in the window, and there she was, and they were giving her this solution. I'm like, don't <laughs> give that to her. And we couldn't believe it, but that's what they're doing. The first thing they have is sugar. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But yeah. it is true. It's what you give your kids. Like my kids grew up really with the vegetarian lifestyle, lots of fruit. Kids would come over, their friends would come over. What's that? It's an avocado. What's that? That's an artichoke. They didn't even know. They didn't have that in their house. My kids would say their whole cupboards were filled with cereal and all canned foods, and ours was all stuff in the refrigerator that was fresh food. They didn't know that. They always came over. I, I don't know. I went through so much fruit because kids didn't get that. Yeah, they were absolutely. They were not used to having all this fruit. So... Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Like, people always talk about, oh, I don't want my food to go bad. But it's if it goes bad and it decomposes, that's something that is natural. It's like when you look at these experiments that they have where people take a burger and french fries and let it sit out for a year and it never molds. <laughs> right. That's not supposed to be in your body. No. Everything in life is supposed to decompose. Everything in life is supposed to have, well, oxidation. You cut right. open an apple, it's supposed to brown. If right. you cut open something and it's not browning, it's not falling apart, don't put it in your body. <laughs> Well, I always say that the preservatives they put in food to preserve the food is good for the food, but not good for you. (laughs) And that is the truth. And so, like I say, if you're eating packaged box bag and packaged fruit, uh, foods, you're not getting the nutrients you need. You're wasting your time. If you eat a plate of food that's not giving you nutrients, you're wasting your time just eating for taste. You will not remember it the next day. Absolutely. This is it. Remind yourself. This is a moment on your lips, but not healthy for you. Absolutely, and it just changes um, when people start to realize how, I don't want to say the wrong word, but how bizarre (laughs) our food has become over the last 40, 50 years with genetically modified food, non-organic and organic food. People don't even know if things are organic anymore, if they aren't organic, and you know, people don't even want to have labels if it is organic or it's not organic because there's all these politics involved. Um, Genetically modified food. It's messing with the biology of our body and the soil and the land, and it's very unhealthy. It's unbelievable to me that they keep saying it's not a problem. It is a problem. It's been shown to affect children already, and it's not bioidentical to our body, so it changes our biology. It's very dangerous, GMO food, to me. And uh, we have to be very careful what we buy and what we eat because they're not telling us. You have to know where your food's coming from. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, something you touched about a little bit earlier before I forget. It's um, travel and how to eat healthy when you travel. Because I know a lot of people who are listening to this probably run into the same problems I do, you know, where options are limited. And if you have any shortcuts or cool tricks they use for still eating healthy while traveling. Yeah, it is very tricky. Um, at one point, I was strictly raw, and it was very hard. I had to bring my own food everywhere. I'd make you know burgers and put them between cabbage leaves and bring them to the airport. And I'd be so hungry, I'd bring four for the trip, and I'd eat three of them on the, while I was waiting for my plane. They were so good. So then it was like, what am I going to eat the rest of the time? <laughs> I, I'd bring snacks with me. That's one thing. 
uh, when I'm traveling and I'm in another country. I love farmer's markets, so I always mm. go and I can find fruit. I find myself eating lots of salads, even mm. though I know they're, they're not always organic somewhere. At least I eat a salad. Yeah. I stay focused on eating that. And sometimes I'm hungry because I can't get everything I need. I tried bringing um, a little juicer, a little uh, compact juicer with me, but it didn't work. It was all chunky and not anything I liked, so it didn't work for me. And I, I try to drink, bring green powder. I'll take Corella or Moringa or something with me, some tablets to make sure I have that. I don't think it's easy all the time traveling. It depends. Uh, now when I go to Europe, I have an apartment there in Spain, so I have all my equipment there, everything. I can have everything. And then I go off from there to do events, so I'm not gone long. But the general traveling is more difficult. Mm. I mean, you go to Italy, and you know you can find a lot of vegetarian food, but you're eating gluten pasta and all of that. So uh, I try to stick with salads. That seems to be my big thing. And like I say, sometimes I'm hungry because I don't get the, the nutrients from the food that I like. But a lot of fruit is really good during that time. Traveling and eating fruit wherever you go is probably the best thing. I love, and, the, I love the idea of going to farmer's markets and just going into the local to, area right. and finding what you need. You could find all the fresh stuff. I mean... What could be better than some nice sliced tomatoes in Italy with fresh basil, mm. a little squeeze of garlic, and some fantastic olive oil? You right. know? <laughs> I mean, that's a meal. That's the fantastic meal. It's very satisfying. So I've learned the tricks in every country I go to, what it is that I could have. Uh, I'm finding, like I mentioned earlier, I'm finding more vegan food on menus now, things that I can eat. So it's, it seems like it's gotten a lot easier to travel. I mean, you're on a plane for so many hours, though. You do have to bring your own food. Mm -hmm. I've ordered vegetarian food before. I've ordered vegan food before, and it's just, they have no idea what they're making. <laughs> it's just, what is that? It's just completely off. It's just, they don't have a clue. So I realize I can't eat airplane food. I have to bring stuff with me. And hopefully, if I'm changing planes, I can grab a salad somewhere at the airport. So... There's always a banana at the airport. There's always something. But I do go hungry sometimes. Sometimes I feel hungry. Yeah. That's okay with me. I'd rather do that than eat the wrong thing. Yeah. I've learned to be okay with feeling a little hungry because I know, okay, I'm probably, I'm not starving. I'm just a little <laughs> hungry. I'm going to live through this. And it's probably good. It's like I tell myself, this is a mini, a mini fast. You know? <laughs> right. Drink a lot of water. That's it. Versus so. breaking down and eating a and Cinnabon eating something in the airport. That's, <laughs> right. That's going to make me feel terrible. I know it won't make me feel good. It's not good. Now, I've gone, I don't like to say you're off the wagon. That's what people like to call it. I've gone off the wagon. I've had a gluten-free pizza with just vegetables and no cheese on it. You know, I've had the vegetable crust. I've eaten that. Like I said, I'll eat a cooked vegan something. But I didn't feel so good afterwards. So a little hunger is not so bad for me. Yeah, I bring I mean, nuts. I bring seeds. You know, I usually make these burger patties. I usually have a bag that it has food on it for me, so I can, you know, if I'm on a plane. Otherwise, I can find food on the ground anywhere. Yeah, it's easy. Really is. Yeah, I mean, I remember I had to do a, a series of workshops in Ireland, and um, there weren't a lot of options, especially since you don't eat dairy products, and I don't yeah. eat dairy products, and you go to a country that is meat and dairy, <laughs> dairy products. Yeah and refined wheat and uh, so my options were very slim but I did similar things I ate a lot of salads everywhere I went I ordered whatever fresh fruit and vegetables they had and I just tried to do what I could do and I was a little hungry yeah. throughout my trip um, you know I never got to the place where I felt like I was having 
very well-rounded, solid meals, but you know, you did what you got to do. And I think what you're saying is really true. It's basically got to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. You got to prepare a little bit for your trip and you also think outside the box of where you can go, right. where you can't go just to make it work. And most restaurants, if you're not in a, a uh, chain restaurant, most restaurants are happy to fix something for you. Absolutely. What vegetables do you have? Can you put that on and make a salad for me and lettuce and you use olive oil and lemon if you have nothing other choice and it's I I don't find it so much trouble and people complain about eating out what do you do when you eat out with friends you order a beautiful salad and they're all gonna say I wish I would have ordered that because they're gonna be moaning after the big meal they ate <laughs> and you're gonna feel great I can't I, I, I numerous times I've ordered a plate of food in a restaurant and say what kind of vegetables do you have can you just give me those it could be raw it could be whatever I asked for could you just give me a plate of raw vegetables and um, maybe a little olive oil and lemon or something on the side. And then my plate comes and people, honestly, they'll say, why didn't I order that? So many times, because my plate looks beautiful. And chefs love to be challenged a little bit. Yeah. So if you're in a nice restaurant where there is actually a chef, not just a, you know, a chain quick food restaurant, they're so happy to fix something nice for you. And yeah. uh, I had some beautiful platters of food come out that are stunning. And they've never fixed anything like that before, you know. <laughs> and sometimes the waiters come and say, oh, they're going to put this on the menu. It looks so good. So, you know, think outside the box. That's it. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's interesting how um, when you eat out with people, people get so turned on by what you're eating. Like, what is that? That looks right. amazing. Let me have a bite. Let me right. try that. And I also find that when people, um, you help influence people and in what to eat, they start eating a certain way. I find this a lot in even in my yoga teacher trainings, right. like in my yoga teacher trainings, I challenge students to try out eating a plant-based diet. I give them education and the how-tos. Right. And then you find a lot where people start eating it. They feel okay in the beginning. And then you feel like a month or two down the road, they're like, oh, I just started feeling low energy. I started feeling this. Now I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And, you know, I always tell people there's this clearing stage. Imagine you know, when you watch people when they are addicted to a drug of some kind, you're going to have a detox. You're going to have this place where you are letting go of, you know, the poisons that you've been putting in your body, whether you're addicted to alcohol or you had an addiction to a heavy drug like heroin or cocaine, things, people, they go through this detox, they go to a detox facility and it goes out of the body and they feel weird. Imagine if you were addicted to a certain type of way of eating for a lifetime filled with genetically modified food, processed foods, meats with zero fiber in it, all these different things, your body is going to start detoxing. That's one reason you feel a little bit lousy. There's a clearing stage. I don't know if you find that or you see that happen quite often. Oh, as all the time, yes. Well, my addiction is kale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm addicted to kale. If I eat kale, I need more kale. Right. If I have a kale salad, I want another one. You know, Your body changes. Cooked food is very addictive to me. I say cooked food in general, but definitely... Uh, meat-based food or processed food it's addictive they make it addictive they want you to eat the bag of chips they don't want you to eat one chip they've said so 60 minutes had a special some time ago that talked about that they said the the moderator asked a couple questions they were out in the field they make fake flavorings blueberry cereal has no blueberries in it Mm. just to taste like blueberries it's synthetic they want you and and he asked him he said well why do you make things like that you want people just to be eat more? He said, yes, we want them to be addicted to it. He actually said that word. And it's true. Salt, heavy salt, and all the stuff they put in that food, it is made for, for your taste buds to be addicted. Mm-hmm. And once you cut it out, you can't eat that food anymore. It tastes chemical. 
once you're eating clean like we do, and then you taste that other food, it doesn't taste good anymore. It tastes like you have eaten a mouthful of something from a lab, you know, some scientific thing from a lab. Absolutely. I'm, I remember yeah. um, maybe two years ago, um, I was eating at uh, teacher training, and there was a student in the teacher training who wanted to try what I was eating. And I was eating like a big bowl of like lentils and brown rice and kale and things like that. So I gave him a little bit. And I'm like, that tastes amazing. They couldn't believe it. And then that same person started eating plant-based. And they went through this clearing stage where they felt lousy and things like that. And they were, the person was very addicted to eating very processed foods. I mean, everything. Skippy's, peanut butter, or whatever kind of peanut butter. There's loaded with sugar. They're eating Wonder Bread and just as bad as it gets. And they went through this very clearing process and very lousy feeling stage where their body was detoxing and then they stuck with it and over time they became like you addicted to kale addicted to things that are nutrient dense and you find that when you start eating nutrient dense food you one you get satisfied from less food it's Mm. like a shocker people are used to consuming large amounts of food because your body's trying to get as much nutrients as it can. If there's not a lot of nutrients in your food, your body tells you to eat more of it to try to fill that deficit. But if you eat something that is like kale, that is super nutrient dense. So like when they measure nutrient density, it's like on a scale of zero to a thousand, depending on how few calories and how much nutrients is in it. So like, let's say a, a soda has, you know, basically zero nutrients and thousands of calories. You look at something kale, very few calories, but tons of nutrients. Right. So you eat these things that are nutrient dense you can eat like a palmful and all of a sudden you feel like you go run a marathon. You're satiated because you're getting all the nutrients from the food. Definitely. No, it's it's very interesting. There's so many people say, I tried it, but, you know, I couldn't continue it. I felt like I needed meat or I needed some protein. And, of course, that's the always funny joke. Every event I do, how do you get your protein? (laughs) Do I look protein deficient, you know? And I tell them some of the things that we eat, but I said, there's plenty of that in your food. We're, we're told we need more protein than we really need. Absolutely. And I always say, look up uh, vegan athletes, and you'll see all these muscular guys, these runners, these sports people. Huge athletes, like Carl oh, Lewis. Yes. Seven-time or nine-time, I don't know how many look, gold medals. Can you build muscle on a vegan diet? I think so. And I just say, look at them. When guys ask me that, I say, you look it up because you need to see the proof of it. I can yeah. tell you, but you need to see the proof. Go look up vegan athletes, and you're going to be so surprised on what they do and how they get their protein and what they do for themselves and the muscle they can still build. So it's all, it's all not true that you need more protein than you think. I just think that when people start it and they give it up, they haven't, they haven't uh, given it a chance. Like you say, you detox. You, they're not going to feel good if you're f- coming off a standard diet. You're not going to feel so good. You're going to be detoxifying yourself, which is the whole idea of eating healthy and in eating a plant-based diet. So I tell them, go back, stick with it. Start juicing again and eat a salad for lunch. Then have a quick vegan meal. Make sure you get enough water in between during the day. Make sure you have juices during the day. You know, uh, don't, you don't have to be hungry. And in the beginning, you might be more hungry. But then, like you say, you get to a place where you eat a normal salad and you're fine you're full it feels makes you feel good yeah i love it i think it's a great way to eat honestly i see people younger than me that are not as healthy as i they don't have the energy i have they can't they, they have aches and pains and i feel, feel like i'm a, a walking testament i know i look to the people that are 90 what they're doing you know 
the people around the world, the longest living people, the blue zone people. I look at they're doing things. Some of them eat meat, but they meet more majority of a plant-based diet. And you know, if you're in a big city, you've got a lot of environmental stuff that's plaguing on you also, even if you eat healthy, you're still getting a lot of the chemicals and a lot of things from the environment, the air, you know? People don't think that everything they do has an impact, what toothpaste they use, you know, what underarm deodorant they're putting on, what yeah. they're putting on their face, you know? You, you know, I have blonde hair, I have very low chemical stuff that's used in my hair to keep it this way, but I only do it like three times a year, four maybe at the most, yeah. because I don't want to do it as soon as I get a little of the gray showing through, I don't care, you know, yeah. it's fine with me. So I don't do it as often. I'm not ready to go all gray yet, but I think I will at some point. <laughs> I think I'll have no color on my hair. But I would say that's my only little uh, a chemical uh, thing that I do. Otherwise, I'm really careful. I don't want to eat chemical. I don't, what do I need that for? I, yeah. I'm so clear about looking at food on the shelves and processed food. I just can't even imagine ever eating processed food again. I can't even imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I can't imagine either. You know, I grew up eating very poor vegetarian diet. Um, my family, we were spiritually wealthy, but um, food-wise, we were very junk food vegetarians. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, I remember when I first started trying to make the transition of eating brown rice from white rice, and I didn't like it. But now, all I crave is brown rice. You know, if I eat cooked food, brown rice just tastes amazing to me. And white rice, just look. I look at it and it doesn't even register as food anymore. It's like, what? I don't, I don't even know what that is. It's not going to be good. It's not going to make me feel good. It doesn't even make me drawn to it. Um, and it is just changing your habits and then your body naturally will register and right. realize what real food is. Right. And, you know, something that you were mentioning before, books like Blue Zones and all these people who are living the longest in the world and all these amazing studies that are going on, you see a large generation now, especially in these Western cultures, that are not as healthy as you know people like yourself who's 77 that are just taking care of their body i mean i went for a physical recently and the doctor could not believe that i wasn't on medications and i'm i'm young and i'm like what the heck why are you even shocked that i'm not on medication i don't take anything but like not even advil or aspirin I'm like no it's like mind-boggling to our society and you see people here they go oh my god i just ate a cheeseburger with a coke and fries i got a headache let me take a bunch of aspirin Okay, now I just also feel tired from a meal, so let me drink three cups of coffee. Well, let's have a Tums to digest yeah, that food, right? Yeah. And it just becomes this kind of uh, unconscious abuse to the body, and you don't realize that your body's just really going downhill. And the interesting thing is now you see a society, like you're saying, there's so much amazing stuff going on, but at the same time, there's also so much yes. bad stuff going on. Yes. So it's like a divided, where there's yeah. younger generation that's conscious, and then the other 50% are just like fast food fast junkies. Food junkies. And it's just going to be wild to see where this all goes. And yeah. I don't know if you have tips for people that are curious, that are young, that are craving more knowledge of where they should start and where they should start reading, researching, studying, learning more about this kind of stuff. Well, it's interesting. I was just asked to speak at a school tomorrow, <laughs> college kids. And I haven't done that. That will be the youngest. I mean, there are young people in my audience, but that will be the youngest full audience. Someone brought my book in to show the teacher and she loved it. And then... She bought a book herself, and then they found out I was in town, and they said, can you come speak to the school tomorrow? So I'm, they're talking about, in this particular class, digestion and the inner body and all of mm. that, this whatever she's studying in that way. It's going to be very interesting to talk to this age group and see what questions they have. I'm so curious. I have lots of things to tell them about starting now and how to eat and uh, if they really want to be healthy and how to uh, avoid some of the 
pitfalls. I don't think you can be that strict with young kids. Some will grab onto it and want to eat that way all the time. The others are like, they're not going to give up some of their social habits. That's okay. But I want to make them aware of what happens in their body. And, you know, when I was their age, I thought 70, I'd be dead by then. I thought that was way too old for anybody to be living. It never occurred to me that I would be alive and clicking at 77 like this when I was their age. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, what what I can tell them tomorrow. And I will say the first thing is what processed food does to the body mm-hmm. and that they learned they need to learn to fix some of their own food so they're not eating out all the time. Yeah. They need to be conscious. You know, there's always vet, there's always fruits that you can grab that don't take any cooking at all. Right. There's so many easy things that they can do. I have some very easy tips for kids to eat food that would be easy for them to fix. And a lot of kids are into juicing today. It is a very popular thing. And I don't mean the Jamba Juice that had all the sugar in it. They're (laughs) switching over and having some better ones. But, you know, I think one of the things that's very ironic, and I want to mention it to them, that, you know, McDonald's came out with a salad has more calories than their burger. It's like people are eating that salad. It's got chicken on it and the dressing and whatever else is in it. It's got more calorie and fat than the burger. Oh, I'm sure the and, dressing is. And all the dressing kinds is probably poison. <laughs> and, those, and people are eating it thinking they're eating healthy. They're yeah. saying, oh, I'm going to order a salad. I did a good job today. So it's making them aware of all the little, nutri- you know, the little nutrients that they're not getting by having a salad like that. Probably it's obviously not going to be organic to begin with. So I, I want to bring up a few things, but I want to see where they're at first. So I can I have a lot of subjects to talk about. I want to see what they're really interested in, what they want to know, because that'll be a great eye-opener for me yeah. with the young population. It's said now that they do not expect children who in today, born today in this day and age, to live longer than their parents. I know. And that is shocking to me. Unbelievable. It hasn't been that way in over 200 years. It's a very shocking thing. We already know that children today it, uh, in some major cities can't even afford to buy a house yeah. because even if they have a college degree, they're still paying off their college forever and ever and ever, and they can't buy a house. And now, take a look at what's happening with the health. Why are we deteriorating instead of getting better? Yeah. And we are, like you say, in certain parts, but not everywhere. I'm an optimist. I always think it's changing quickly. And those of us doing the work and going out there and telling people, I know that I change a lot of lives. I know you change a lot of lives. It makes a difference. And we're passionate about what we do. And I think that's changing people. And I know when I change one, they change their friends. And I know that this is numbers going on. So I'm very optimistic. But the fast food industry and the processed food industry is killing our children. Autism, all of that comes from the food they're eating. Mm. MSG, all the food that children are getting fed at an early age. There, there's so many children on Ritalin and who have autism and are on prescription medicine. My daughter is the executive director of a preschool. Preschool. They come to school with medication. Yeah. It's unbelievable at that age. It's become the norm. The norm. It should not be normal. The norm. And allergies. High, high, high allergies. So, like you say, there's middle America, I think, uh, that are just starting to learn about these things. And I think it will change. I think for the better. Not everybody will give up eating meat and give up eating things that aren't good for them but I think more people are starting to do it and that's all I could hope for is that the numbers keep growing quickly absolutely and just seeing if there can be um, a happy medium even if you're not interested in going completely plant-based you know adding more plant food into your diet is going to make a huge difference like you're saying huge difference shift 
and it will end up changing the way you feel and you'll end up craving things that you didn't normally crave, right. healthier options and who knows, you may say you never wanted to go plant-based. I've had friends who did that and they started adding plant-based food and now look, 10 years later, they've been a plant-based guy exactly. for a very long time. Exactly. All this talk makes me crave kale. That's yeah. all I can say. <laughs> well, is there any last words you want to share with anybody before we uh, sign off? Well, yes, I, I always think that love is what it's all about in the world and loving yourself and loving the planet, loving the animals and love goes spreads out. And if you can be a kind, considerate, compassionate person, uh, you can change lives from a smile on your face. And we want to we want to do that. We want everything to be better. I want to see everybody happy and healthy. I it makes me very um, sad when I see a room full of people coming to hear my talk and you see that they're very unhealthy. But then by the end, I can see that they've come up and talk to me that they want to make changes and that is it have the desire to feel good you do not have to not feel good that's all I want to say you could wake up feeling great every day and you can age very well and be very active and not let the media tell you you need to be taking all these pills in order you know once you get gray hair you're supposed to be asking your doctor for a certain prescription they're trying <laughs> to sell right With terrible side effects try to get off medication it can happen you have to do it carefully with your doctor but the medication once you start with one pill you have more my sister who lived to be in her 80s in the senior home she was on 15 medications a day oh my gosh. so even all that time in the senior home she didn't ever felt good we don't want to be old and live long and not feel good i want you to live long and feel good and there's a way it can be done so absolutely those are wise words and just like mimi said you know making the Right choices now can affect the way you age and you can live very long and you can live well. You know, what you put in your body is the fountain of youth. It's true. Thank you so much, Mimi, for being here. Thank you. All right, everybody. Until next time, namaste.